All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Counterculture Ketchup. This is not a React video Amen. tonight. This will be an actual Counterculture Ketchup, and it's a big ketchup. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like eight weeks, actually, here's, 16 weeks. Here's our summer and most of the fall. Yeah, of, uh, of the same kind of material. So we, uh, we want to kind of summarize all Buckle of it, up. and we're going to try and get it all together tonight. So welcome to my right. No, I'm sorry. My name is Jamie, and to my right is our right. dulcet worship leader, mm -hmm. Joel. And together, we want to motivate the church <laughs> to influence the culture with the kingdom of God by applying a biblical worldview to every single topic. Mm -hmm. That sounds familiar, Jamie. Mm -hmm. um, also familiar. In a while. Uh, we'd like to invite you guys to subscribe to our Freedom Church NJ YouTube channel. Uh, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you leave a review on your podcast app, that will help us to be seen by more people, which we would greatly appreciate. Amen. Uh, also, you can leave a comment um, in the YouTube video. That would be great, too, uh, on what you thought or if you have a topic that you'd like us to address. Um, always looking for new things to address, um, stuff that you guys are having questions about because um, what we do in counterculture sometimes is not what we go over on the podcast. And sometimes we'll be able to do a new thing in our in counterculture then. Um, we've been doing this series for a long time, but I know in the future weeks we want to get into more like theological and biblical topics and stuff like that. For you guys to give us some ideas would definitely be helpful on things that you'd like to hear us um, address. And um, it'd be fun for us too. You know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. So just, uh, yeah, get, get involved with the discussion. Uh, we really appreciate that and love to see that. All right. And uh, again, tonight, we always want to um, kind of encourage people to get involved with today's choice. Uh, Women's Center in Newton. Uh, go on their website, friendsoftodayschoice.org, mm -hmm. and support them. They do a great work there in Newton. Um, especially right now, they, they need as much support and all of the <clears throat> all of the crisis pregnancy centers and women's resource centers that are focused on on saving babies. They're, they're kind of under attack big time mm -hmm. in New Jersey with Josh oh, Gottheimer and, yeah. and, uh, and, and this this just crazy attack on it. So we'd encourage you to support today's choice uh, or any, you know, really uh, uh, pregnancy center mm -hmm. out there who's who's trying to uh, protect keep, life, keep babies alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we encourage you to do that. Yeah. All right. All right. So like I, we were saying for um, this episode, we're going to be doing an overview of weeks two through eight uh, of the biblical citizenship in modern America. I think it's pretty fitting that we're doing this now because Tuesday is a day to vote. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully this is out before then. <laughs> that would be great. Um, Lord willing. So, um, yeah, but we want to definitely encourage everybody to vote. Um, Jamie, I don't know if you have set up the quote about the that somebody said about voting and how important that is. Oh. For uh, I, I know that might be in week like six or seven. Yeah, or that was like a that. little further along, yeah. but I did I did have a page. Yeah, I think it was uh, John Jay. Yeah. actually on page forty-eight. That's really more than just an opportunity to vote. Right. It really is more of a duty. 
and all the people who have sacrificed their lives to give us yes, the people the ability to elect the people that we want to see in government sure Go and uh, so yeah john jay who is the first supreme court ju uh, chief justice he said this all that the best men can do is to persevere in doing their duty to their country and leave the consequences to him who made it their duty mm -hmm. Being neither elated by success, however great, nor discouraged by disappointment, however frequent and mortifying. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the outcome, right. we need to do our duty. Voting is our duty. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into oh, some God. more of so that. So cool, yeah. Um, and, and the importance of us getting involved that way. Mm -hmm. So I also want to shout out, and I'll put the link to wallbuilders.com. Um, it's an awesome resource uh, from the... David Barton and the people who made the <clears throat> Biblical Citizenship Patriot Academy. Yeah, um, but it's just like a compendium of all of these quotes, uh, original sources of the founders of the Constitution and the Declaration, because there's so many false uh, revisionist history that goes around where they supplied like these ellipses and they cut out things that are um, really the Christian foundation. They try to make it seem like America was not founded on. Um, you know christian principles or they just don't want that into modern day so um but wall builders is really like a museum of a library of all of these original documents from the time the federalist papers and uh, the constitution and all of these other um uh, awesome documents that the founders said in their own words so that you can really see what the um uh, what the nation was really founded on, yeah, which, which was biblical principles. There's yep. no question about that. We'll definitely be getting into that. So. Yeah, you get to see their intent. You mm -hmm. know, you always hear about, well, yeah, well what's yeah. the intent of the Constitution? What was the intent of yeah. that law kind of thing? And, uh, and it's clear, yeah. you know, when you read what they actually write, mm -hmm. you know, from one, one to another or in their... Um, uh, their, the journal or the writings that are the, the recordings of their committee meetings mm -hmm. and things like that because it's all recorded so they can actually yep. you can actually go yep. and see what their exactly. intent is yep. <laughs> all their arguments are there yeah. you know, so. that's so important Yeah, it's so important. one of the notes that I made this is from week 4 so all maybe right. I'm jumping ahead a little bit that's all right. but we can you know, jump around yeah I don't think it, that this episode you know has why? to be because it's America <laughs> You can do what you Who want. Is that? that guy's got a beautiful, sultry right. voice. My goodness. It's not a dulcet voice. But <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It's dulcet. A, it's uh, sweet sounding. Sweet sounding. Yeah. That's me. But that word is not sweet sounding at all. I like it. It sounds like a kind of like candy that your grandma would give you. Like, do you want a dulcet, honey? <laughs> it's like, uh, not, no. <laughs> no. It sounds like actually being in a a classroom where the teacher's boring it's a dulcet it's a dulcet mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a good one um, not really but thanks no <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that i um put down in week four as we were jotting down stuff is that just like inter interpreting scripture is really how the constitution is that's how any document really is because what you're looking for is the author's intent more than anything um, you're not looking for whatever you want or whatever you see in the modern world that's not the point um, the point is to get back to the original intention of what the author was and that's where you see the problems coming in because people will take a word or like separation of church and state 
Sure. And they'll make that like the most important thing. What that meant back in when they were writing it, which is not in the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, which is crazy, but it was just saying you uh, the state cannot tell you what to do with, like with religion because yeah. it was a church that was concerned yeah. about the state being involved yeah. and changing and 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 maybe preventing them from worshiping right. the way they want to worship right exactly so it's like the exact opposite <clears throat> of what people try to make it seem today and how do we know that is from the intent of the authors and we'll get more into that specifically but i just wanted to read this quote in starting um, to kind of prove my point from somebody who might be a little bit important, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, yeah. So he says, on every question of construction, let us carry ourselves back to the time when the Constitution was adopted. And he was a signer of the Constitution or of the Declaration. The Declaration, yeah. So He was away in But he's Europe. talking about future generations. He's like, what we want, the people who are writing this stuff, we want you to look back on what our intention was. He says... Recollect the spirit manifested in the debates, and instead of trying, what instead of trying what meaning may be squeezed out of the text or invented against it, conform to the probable one in which it was passed. And I'm like, that is so true about scripture too, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to squeeze things out of the text and being like, I think this possibly could be it. Sure. Um, conform to the probable one in which it was passed, to the intent of it. So I think that's a good, yeah, it's a good kind one. of warning to um, anybody getting into these type of discussions to get back to the intent. Amen. All right. <clears throat> all right. So let's let's run through. Um, first of all, I want to show you, in case you want to get this, I think this would be a great thing to use as uh, a curriculum mm-hmm. for homeschoolers. Yeah. You know, to show your kids. It's, a, it's entertaining. Yep. It's really well done. Easy, and, uh, easy to listen to. Yeah, follow along. Yeah, and uh, and there's a study guide. You can you can print. I printed out for our class. I printed out the study guide material, and then we went through and and did the fill-ins because there are fill-ins there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so I'd encourage you to get a hold of this. Looks like if you go to biblicalcitizens.com, you can pick this stuff up. But that's what I just want to show you what that looked like. We'll put that and link then, in the show notes too. And then also. With that, um, with the in this whole series, like you said, there are there are eight weeks. Each week is comprised of a video that's probably about an hour and forty minutes long, mm-hmm. hour and forty five minutes long, and so we split it up into sixteen weeks. But uh, but we'll just run through what these kind of weeks were focused on. We have the first week, which we had already done a podcast on. Um, uh, two podcasts on the first week, week one, the foundation. So I'd encourage you to go check that out if you haven't looked at it um, to find out what that's about. And then uh, we can gr- run through all of the other um, portions, all the other weeks, mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of give an overview of them. You have number two, which is tending the garden, which um, – we can we can kind of go through because I, I have notes for each one of these yeah. in particular. It's up to you if you want to do that, or we can just run through. Uh, I'll just run through what their their titles are at this point. So we have week two, which is tending the garden. Week three, understanding the times. Week four, the seeds of liberty. Week five is who has authority, which is talking about the presidential, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the president, I believe, and and. Um, uh, jurisdiction and week 
six of Kings and Courts, week seven. What's week seven? Joel stole my week seven. So religious liberty. Religious liberty. Oh, how could I forget that? Um, and week week eight that. is being salt and light. So it really focus on focuses on what, what is can what do? can we do? Yeah. You know, to be good biblical citizens in modern America. Yeah. In mo- oh. TM. Mm. <clears throat> too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never too America. much. In America. <laughs> Never too much. <laughs> <clears throat> so so those are the 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 titles yep. of the weeks and each one touches on it like builds this it builds a really good framework mm-hmm. for an understanding of our duty and a lot of understanding about the constitution also uh during the class we also had given out uh constitutions and declarations of independence this is Got the deck mm-hmm. in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got the deck in it. And so if you're deck. interested in these and you go to our church, just ask. We'll give you some. <laughs> if you're if you, if you you're interested in these and don't go to our church, just buy them. go <laughs> online and buy them yourself. So, But we'd encourage you to get them because it's yeah. great as you're going through this mm-hmm. to be like, oh, Article 7. All right, let's open that up. What is that talking about? You know, and, uh, and because we as you get further along in this it really starts to break down mm. the constitution yeah. and focuses on some particular things like that well even if you're not doing this class <clears throat> like if you haven't read the constitution like you need to yeah and the declaration it's yeah. not a, a not They're a not difficult hard, read no you know, um so. the reason i like this course though is because um you know some of the language and the wording and what it's talking about in the declaration can kind of get a little bit like um, well, it's not our modern day English. The English, day. but also it's very political. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in that field, then it's kind of like you might not understand all of it. So this is a really, it does a really good job of making it simple for even somebody like me to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one verse that um, the founders uh, would use in establishing the laws when making the Constitution. So this is from uh, Deuteronomy uh, 16 verses 18 through 20. And I want to mention this because it shows the foundation that they had in forming the Constitution and what they wanted in uh, coming over from Britain, from um, political tyranny and religious tyranny, mainly, uh, to be able to establish a free society. This is how they want to do it from Scripture. So it says, Appoint judges and officials for each of your tribes in every town the Lord your God has given you, and they shall judge the people fairly. Do not pervert justice or show partiality. Do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the innocent. Follow justice and justice alone, so that you may live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. Amen. Um, So especially appointing judges and officials for each of your tribes in every town. I was going to point that out. Yeah, that's that's really great. So getting away from the king, the monarch, Mm -hmm. or the um, government that has so much power over the people instead little little sec- sections of uh, government um, to judge the people fairly um, there's so much more accountability there sure what well, is interesting too when you really think about what was what may have been going on in the minds of the the founders in in their issues with the the government structure that was established in england because you had that king kind of mm-hmm. um, that sovereign reign of the king. And and they saw in that, I would think, 
that it didn't it really wasn't lining up with the biblical principles mm-hmm. that because they they took those things in and they made their own their own government right. based on those things mm-hmm. which is really com- it's completely opposite of having some sovereign king making all the decisions yes. you know and brings it right back it's so it's so cool but how different that is you mm-hmm. know for them to be able to 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 live in that their whole life but count god's word as important enough to say well that's this doesn't line up mm-hmm. so and they 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 maybe they wouldn't have done it if the king didn't overstep mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so so it kind of falls on them yeah. or on the king for that so that uh, being the you know the grievances of the declaration yes. of independence that's why yeah yeah i was gonna <clears throat> bring up the declaration being such a different like document than the constitution which is you know pretty obvious on the face of it but to see those the grievances like what the problem was of what they were experiencing in britain gives you so much more of a foundation for why america is run the way that it is Mm -hmm. because it was essentially trying to be the opposite of of britain even though britain was still like a christian you know what i mean so they still had the same like religious um background but just the way that it was run was completely different because the power was in the hands of the despot really instead of in the hands of the people yeah so that's what um george washington said the power under the constitution will always be in the people Mm -hmm. crazy amen i was wondering as we were going into this class like how come the people who hate america and had the way that it was founded and want to you know build back better that whole movement why can't they get rid of the constitution but it's because the Constitution, the power is not in the government to be able to do that. So it doesn't matter if the whole government is, say, on the left side of the political sphere. It doesn't matter. They still cannot overthrow the Constitution because the power of the Constitution is in the people. The, the people would have to, the majority of the people would have to want the Constitution to be overthrown mm-hmm. in order for the Constitution to actually change or to be brought down. And that's not happening anytime soon. Well, you look at... Which is awesome. As you get further so along. So smart. It's just yeah. so wise. Of the way that they built it. Sure. Well, as you get further along in this, you you see what it takes to to make an amendment mm-hmm. to the Constitution. Right. right. You know, it's established so that it's not the will of the the people who are in power mm-hmm. or in power, sure. but it is the will of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you need two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and I forget what the other However stipulation many, um, is. Yeah. And the, <coughs> yeah, representatives from the states, yeah. right? But it is it really does then fall into the hands of the people and mm-hmm. that's that's where they want it to mm-hmm. stay. That's where it needs to stay. Mm-hmm. And it's it is fascinating because it, it's it's not the um it's not that like like that, that quote that you read from George Washington, it's not that the 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 constitution is um it, it kind of stands alone. It's that it only works because the people make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, if the people don't know it, mm-hmm. then they can't make it work. Mm-hmm. And then tyranny can happen. Yep. And that's, you yep. know, we get into that later yeah. on in it too. That's, yeah, that's one thing I had on <clears throat> week three, which was technology and TikTok has been terrible for those wanting to know history mm-hmm. because you have that one minute real quick hit of a video about what could be about anything or nothing really um but that's why i wanted to encourage the wall builders because it's like original documents like maybe not the most fun or quick 
things, but it's true. The, the truth of the matter can only be done with like in-depth study. Mm-hmm. And if um, <clears throat> I don't have to quote up, but somebody uh, said in the founder of the, one of the founders of the constitution that without um, well-informed people, I do have it. I'll get, I'll get it real quick. There we go. This is James Madison. It is universally admitted that a well-instructed people alone can permanently be a free people. Mm-hmm. Only a well-instructed <clears throat> people. If we're not well-instructed, that is a blueprint for tyranny and for um, anarchy. Because mm-hmm. you don't know where you came from. You don't know the right. truth. Really, you don't know the truth, which is going to be the issue. But if you are a well-instructed people, then you know. And the only way to be well-instructed is really to take time. Like teaching this to your kids, teaching this in the schools, uh, the truth um, of the original documents and stuff. And then we can be permanently a free people because mm-hmm. we are free. We still are free, and it's very important to remember that. You know, um, people look at things that are happening in America and be like, oh, our freedoms are being taken away. It's like, I understand all of that, but like, our freedoms are still like here, comparatively to other nations where our freedoms are here. You know, we can still literally meet in churches, we can still whatever. Yep. So, so that's why it's, this is so important. It is so know? important. Yeah, it's uh, vital. It's vital for us to, uh, to really take on the duty that we have. You know, and uh, like Joel said before, you know, Tuesday, we need to get out there and vote. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a statistic. It's, um, I forget what week it was in, but it's a little bit later on. It says, uh, it was week five. It says, three to six percent of Americans show up to vote for city and school board elections. Wow. And wow. the problem with that is, three to six, is that uh, because we're not voting in those elections, we're not understanding the reality that our nation gets healthy from the bottom up, mm-hmm. not from the top down. And we have to work in those kind of elections mm-hmm. to get good people who are going to represent the, the, the fundamental principles that our nation is built on. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to that. So um, we as Christians, I mean, I, I don't know what the... Uh, I don't know if you could look it up quick, but what the percentage of people in America would claim to be Christian would be. <coughs> I want to say it's probably, I mean, it used to be a lot. Now it's it's down quite a bit. Uh, 63% um, claim to be Christian from the United 20, States. 21. And that's from 2021. I think it's down a little bit from that. But still, that's more than two or more than three to six percent. So we need to be out there if we are, if we are part, of, um, part of the Lord's kingdom. We need to be out there making sure that we, we are voting and with that mindset that our nation gets healthy from the bottom up. It's a good principle to remember. Well, also that your vote <clears throat> means the most means in the, the most smallest there, sure. elections. Yeah. So those are really the most important ones yeah. to vote in. Not like, I mean, you should vote in every election that you can, obviously, but yeah. and not just the presidential ones. And we can't you know? fall into a thing called Christian escapism either. And thinking that, and we've talked about this on various podcasts, I think, we can't fall into this idea that um, we, we're Christians and we, you know, we kind of keep to ourselves. We don't, we don't get, we don't see the necessity of bringing that into the the uh, 
civic or mm-hmm. or public or or uh, political, political sphere yeah. and it really is our duty as christians mm-hmm. especially as christians to be involved that way you know even more than those who are outside of that because right. to be patriotic is to love our country and like we're there there's something about us being um being a biblical citizen is being a patriotic person Mm -hmm. you know we care about our country so it's it's an important thing yeah i had in one of my notes too was like patriotism just to love your country is not good but being patriotic towards america and the foundation is christian because me as somebody who's only lived in america being like well duty to your country you know standing for the national anthem respecting your country and stuff sometimes it can be like do we just do this just because we would do this in any country that we live in that's not true at all Mm -hmm. like christians in china right now you know do not respect their country at all that they're in um they would love to leave you know or be persecuted for their faith but here it's like because of the freedoms that we have and because of where it was founded uh, on the truth um it deserves patriotism right it's not just because we have to be patriotic kind of a thing you know when patriotism stems from having a christian worldview mm-hmm. you know especially because like like us if we have a christian worldview then we see the 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 reality of the inalienable rights mm-hmm. that we have given by god and our country being founded on those things should cause us to say this is exactly. these are these are things that are established by God, right. and lining right up with our faith. Yeah, and yeah. that that just lines up. So, mm-hmm. so we really should be um, we should be, and and what a patriot looks like. A real patriot is about what's good for the people of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I care about what's good for mm-hmm. the country. When I say what's good for the country, I mean what's good for the people. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes our country more free. What makes our country more prosperous? What you know? So, it's it, it's different than you know, like voting one way or the other. It's vote. You're voting for what's best for everyone. Mm-hmm. So even in that, that's a uh, a biblical kind mm-hmm. of way of thinking. It's like I'm not thinking about myself. Yep. Maybe this is going to negatively affect me, but it's good for the country. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to I need to vote that mm-hmm. way. You know, not. Like, you know, um, <laughs> this one bumper sticker, which I think I told you about, yeah. drives me crazy yeah. because it, it is so unpatriotic. Coexist? Yeah. No, no, not that one. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, you know, during the, the 2020 election, you know, seeing a bumper sticker that says anyone but Trump. Mm. And it's like, well, you don't care about the country. Mm-hmm. You just don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if it's on the other side too, anybody yep. but Biden, it's not about that. Yeah, it's about what's good for this yeah, country. Yeah, what's best for them. Yeah. And if Trump was good for the country, well, we should vote for him. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not good for the country, don't vote for right, him. Right. And and so it, it it's not a political like, mm-hmm. um, it's not Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. What's good for this country? Let's yeah. vote that way. And the statement is not talking about anything like regarding who to vote for or anything. It's just a statement against mm-hmm. Trump, you know, which is another right. problem with it, you know. Right. They're not offer- offering exactly. anything. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to go into um, some stuff about slavery? 
let's talk let's talk on um touch on that a bit yeah that was in tending tending the garden mm-hmm. um i have a few things more focused on what was going on with the different settlements mm-hmm. you know back in the 1600s oh, yeah, that's, yeah that's good. um <clears throat> this is before and the declaration or yeah the... this is way before yeah <laughs> and this kind of was an answer to the, like this idea of the 1619 project mm-hmm. which is just not actual history um excuse me yep uh number two so this is from tending the garden first of all tending the garden really is saying that we have to understand what what was established and the necessity for us as citizens to watch be aware and stand against the things that will that will come against the garden like in in genesis um Adam was given the responsibility of tending the garden, mm-hmm. you know, so that's our job. It's our job to tend this garden mm-hmm. of America, mm-hmm. um, understanding God-given rights, that there are three institutions, uh, governmental institutions, the family, the church, and the civil, you know, so those are three governments, essentially, that are in there. But then... Uh, Seeing the difference with with a worldview, like a uh, seeing a worldview difference in those different um, settlements, settlements yeah. you know, and you see in in 1607 Jamestown, the the uh, when they came to make to to that settlement, they were coming from England, but it was it was just to establish a colony, an English colony. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't this focus on. Um, bringing the kingdom of God somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but it was just to establish another uh, English colony, mm-hmm. and because of that, there were there were issues throughout Virginia, and with slavery and mm-hmm. and that and um, <clears throat> so there that that was a thing, especially because there was slavery in Britain, sure. and in most nations. I mean, there's a lot to be said about slavery, yeah. um, in this, and we can we can go through sure. that. You might have yeah. some of it, yeah. You might have some of it, but yeah. But I wanted yeah. to show the 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 difference, difference yeah. with Plymouth, which was established in 1620. The Puritans, when they came over, they they signed a Mayflower Compact. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have that I up? Because <clears throat> I'd like to read that, and I would encourage you to, to read all of these old documents. They're, they're really good. But, uh, but it says, in the name of God, amen. Good start. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James. Amen. King James. Mm-hmm. Didn't he write the Bible? Mm-hmm. He wrote the Bible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he didn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, and C? And uh, Defender of the Faith and Company. And Little C. Um, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Do by these presents, I would assume that means... The people who are mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. Um, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance at the ends aforesaid. And by virtue hereof do enact, constitute and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions and officers from time to time as shall be thought most meet 
mm. and convenient. Tell me your King James without telling me your King James. <laughs> Most meat. Um, for the general good of the colony. <laughs> for the general good of the colony. Their Fs are all mixed up in King James. <clears throat> Unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. In witness whereof we have hereunto subscribed our names at Cape Cod Subscribe. the 11th of November in the reign of our sovereign lord King James of England, France, and Ireland, the 18th, and of Scotland, the 54th, Anno Domini. Year of our Lord, 1620. 1620. Or. <laughs> or. <laughs> or. <laughs> they had something else they were going to share, but they decided not to. <laughs> Or he got shot. Nah, he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last thing he said. Or <laughs> boom. Or he's gonna say where the treasure is found. <laughs> <laughs> or we just get the treasure. Um, but uh, but anyway, so you could see that there was a focus here, and that focus was. For them to the advancement, um, yeah, to a, to it was up to under be undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian mm -hmm. faith, and to honor their king and their country. Right, but there was that aspect yeah. to it that really set it apart. Now, what's interesting about that too is that that was obvious, and when they got to this to to uh, Plymouth, mm -hmm. um, they had a fifty-year treaty with the Indians a peace treaty with the Indians mm. when they came here so this this idea that people they just came right. and they slaughtered they, they, yeah. yeah they but they, they, there was none of that mm -hmm. because that wasn't their focus mm -hmm. you know it wasn't to take land mm -hmm. it was to bring the kingdom right you know and so that's it's such an interesting thing yeah they spent I, I want to say I forget if it was eight or twelve years, but they sent, spent a lot of years with with R William Bradford, who was their leader, mm -hmm. and who was also a, a minister, mm -hmm. and uh, to go through the scripture and prepare to do this. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time. They spent a lot of time. Well, because years. they know to be <clears throat> free, you need to well informed yep. people. Well informed people. You know? Yep. So we should be that. So. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. Do you want to touch on more of the slave sure. stuff that was? So just a couple of quotes. This is from wallbuilders.com. Um, a couple of the quotes to kind of come against the view that the founders and you know some of them owned slaves. And so why are we trying to go back to that time period when people thought slavery was okay? Which I'm like, we think abortion is okay today. So what's better, you know, owning somebody or killing somebody? It's mm. a good question. Anyway. Um, but this is what John Jay, who is a signer of the Constitution, here is what he said about the attitude towards um, slavery and how it changed based on what the well-informedness of the people. So he says, prior to the Great Revolution, the, um, wow, I can't think of, American Revolution, the great majority of our people had been so long accustomed to the practice and convenience of having slaves that very few among them even doubted the propriety and rectitude of it. In other words, the morally acceptable nature <coughs> of slavery. Um, a great majority of the people were just accustomed to it because mm -hmm. this is just this is what the world was like at that time. Seventy percent of the Constitution signers were against slavery, which is at that time period is incredible, um, considering that slavery was just something that was. It was grandfathered in from Britain and from anything else. 
So it's so easy for us to be like, how can't you see the evils of slavery and stuff? It's like, well, this was just something that was just accepted uh, at, in the time period. And so that it was changed at all is to the biblical worldview 100% and also to the freedom of America to say all men are created equal, which includes slaves. And they didn't see, not everybody saw that right away, but over time, that truth became completely um, true. And you can see that from Elias Boudinot, hey, <laughs> president of the Continental Congress. So big name. I mean, maybe not a big name, but big um, status. So he said, even the sacred scriptures had been quoted to justify this iniquitous traffic, right? Like we were talking about before. What is the, um, the intent of the authors writing it? Is there anything that would lead you to believe that the Bible would condone slavery? Well, the Bible had been quoted to justify this iniquitous traffic. It is true that the Egyptians held the Israel. Listen to their reasoning mm -hmm. for, why, for why Scripture says that you can have slaves. It is true that the Egyptians held the Israelites in bondage for 400 years. It's like, mm-hmm. Was this a good thing or not a good thing? We understand that there was slavery in the Bible. Right. <laughs> but gentlemen cannot forget the consequences that followed. They were delivered by a strong hand and stretched out arm. God. Mm -hmm. And it ought to be remembered that the almighty power that accomplished their deliverance is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. and crazy. That people would try to justify, well, the Egyptians had the Israelites as bondage. <laughs> right. Yes. And who was it? What was God's view on that? I forget what it was. Oh, yes. The Red Sea mm, and the drowning of the Egyptians. So it just goes to show you how no matter how clear the scripture is, people will find a way to twist it. But ultimately, the truth will win out. Charles Carroll, signer of the Declaration. Why keep alive the question of slavery? It is admitted by all to be a great evil. So you can see by the time of the Declaration of Independence, that view of slavery being okay was starting to leave. Um, and then there's also quotes from others who have had slaves, and then they let their slaves go free. Yeah. So, and then we take that today and think, well, they had slaves without realizing, but some of them set them free. Yeah. Well, in 16, this is well prior to all of the other writings. Sure. In 1646, man-stealing was unlawful, mm -hmm. and they set the slaves free. There you go. You know? Um, so, uh, and this idea of this 1619 project that slavery was mm -hmm. uh, was foundational sure. to our nation. Like the backbone, is yeah. so Is so Disingenuous. mistaken. Yeah. Because uh, there were, in uh, 1619, there was approximately 20 slaves who were sold in Jamestown from the British and were then hired and paid as servants. And they were taken off of per, uh, Portuguese slave ships. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, there's so many references in, if you look through the history, um, if you go to Wall Builders, mm -hmm. you'll be able to find all this Just stuff. Just the original documents. There was uh, this guy named Wentworth Cheswell, and David Barton talks a lot about him in this. Oh, good old Wentworth. Uh, well, he, he was a black, polit he, was, um, he was elected, he was a political official who participated in Paul Revere's Midnight Ride. But you don't hear about that. Mm -hmm. You know, and we'll get to why you don't hear about that. Uh, <clears throat> the American Revolution started and ended as the result of two black patriots. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about that. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. In 1902, 
because of Woodrow Wilson, the president, mm-hmm. he removed all black patriots from American mm-hmm. history. That was such a crazy episode yeah. that they put. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was that. the rebirth of the KKK. It was the birth <clears throat> of uh, the birth of a of a nation book. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, revisionist history, totally uh-huh. taking out the truth, and then making it look like America has been against blacks, which yeah. nothing could be further <clears throat> from the truth. Well, because... America was ne- was never a world leader in the global slave trade. Mm-hmm. America was the first nation to sign a law banning the yep, slave abolished. trade. Yeah, the fourth in 1868 to ban slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> many nations today still have not passed bans on slavery. Mm-hmm. Forty million people are enslaved today. Mm. Um, wow. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And for for people to to be on the side of this, that America was built on on. The slave trade is just, just ignorance. Yeah. Total, it's total misinformation. Yeah, it was deception that leads to the ignorance of people <clears throat> who are following it. Now, YouTube may call this episode misinformation, mm. you know, because we spoke against the sixteen nineteen project, but um, that is just, not. Just read the original. <laughs> just, just read the documents. Yeah, you just know? read it. Yeah, yeah. You read it for yourself. Then we got number three, understanding the times. So that was some of number two. Mm-hmm. We've, we've kind of bounced around, sure. and that's okay. I think that that's it's actually really great. Um, <clears throat> but there's some some uh, understanding the times. Obviously, is looking at what's going on in society today, and for us to be good citizens, as Joel has said numerous times, we need to be well informed. Mm-hmm. So let's look at James things, Madison. as we say all the time. With a biblical world. Mm. <clears throat> so when drink. you look at culture and you see uh, see what's going on in the culture, we need to we need to really like pay attention yeah. and uh, understand and understand what, what the deal on. is. And right now, um, this was this presentation was done not that long ago. Yeah. You know, so I was surprised. like COVID stuff was after, going after on. After COVID, yeah. yeah. So it, it, a lot of this uh, episode number three was kind of it was similar to the prior one. But it goes into more of the moral stuff. Mm-hmm. We have three out of five Americans believe there is no moral absolute truth. Three out of five. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually... The, the majority. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we have to understand that. And we have to be able to be the... As the church, we need to be able to, to stand on the truth confidently... And be able to articulate the truth, mm-hmm. I think, to the people out there. I think that's a big problem, mm-hmm. actually, is yeah. that people... They're not well-informed. They're not well-informed. And uh, and unfortunately, as <clears throat> if the church doesn't do it, nobody does it. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to get the lie from the, the media, from mm-hmm. their politicians. Just getting tossed from, to and fro, right? From their colleges, yeah. So... And uh, and lies never produce good things. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not one that I can think of at least. Rahab, yeah. you have, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Give me, give me someone else. <laughs> um, one we thing need to love the truth. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. One thing that is in, always incredible when I think about it is the foresight that the founders had Amen. in looking towards the future to set up the constitution in such a way that essentially you can't mess it up unless you completely lose 
morality, which is why that is a big issue, mm-hmm. um, and all sorts of religion, like if you become like a completely secular nation. But it's it's like how many people today are trying as hard as they can to go against biblical principles, go against what the nation was founded on, go against the Constitution, and they really like can't succeed almost because of how well the Constitution is put together because the men and women who were um, drafting it and coming up with it, arguing, you know, debating how to every single point on it, we're looking towards the future. And how many times are we just looking at right now and not building mm-hmm. towards the future? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. It's definitely not something that I do enough. You know, we need lo- to think of our grand future. grandkids. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and they did that so, so well, and we are we are the beneficiaries of their um, foresight. Yeah. For you know? sure. For sure. <laughs> How many years? Almost 300 years later, right? Two, 250? 246? Okay. Um, Approximate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, uh, we need to love the truth. You know, we need to understand the, um, what what is going on with this idea of socialism. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of push for socialism, yeah. this Marxist kind of viewpoint cultural Marxism, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. We need to kind of have a have an at least an understanding mm-hmm. that that push is there. And then we have to be able to kind of show the folly of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, over 5,800 years, socialism, every time socialism has been mm-hmm. tried, it has failed. Mm-hmm. 5,800 years of, time. of, <laughs> of uh, Human yeah, it, and has never worked. Mm-hmm. So it, it can't work. It just can't work. Well, we talked it's, about it's it. It's built on immorality. Yeah, well, we talked about it in the How Should We Then Live um, class as oh, well. Yeah. Um, the reason that it will never work is because it doesn't take into account the fallenness of man. Mm-hmm. Because if man wasn't fallen and it was basically good and looked after each other and was looking to help each other instead of looking to help themselves, sure. then it would work because on paper it kind of seems like it could work. Like everybody help each other. Everybody give to each other and, you know, it's like, all right, that doesn't sound too bad, but it doesn't take into account the selfishness, the idolatry and the fallenness of mankind's nature without God. And so that's why it'll never work. Well, another another issue well, too one, is at least one. Yeah, that's reason. one one reason yeah. for sure. Another reason is that it, it it has an immoral aspect to it because wherever anything is, wherever anything says you have to take what you have and give it to somebody else it's like mm-hmm. it's like theft mm-hmm. Le- legal <laughs> you know? thievery yeah. yeah so you're forced to give up so that things could be equal yeah yeah and uh and that is not it discourages working <clears throat> hard work right just Dis- yeah it discourages um, well, the and, protestant work ethic and william bradford found that out you know when in with mm-hmm. the plymouth colony mm-hmm. because when they got there they were like hey let's um you know how about everybody just just grow and we'll share everything you know we'll grow the corn we'll share it mm-hmm. we'll do the duties we'll share the duties we'll have a, a you know to be like a real nice communal kind of thing mm-hmm. and that failed miserably because inevitably human nature kicks in and says well i don't i don't feel like doing this but i'm still going to get stuff so that's good that's what it is exactly and so 
So yeah. the people would would be lazy. They weren't producing, it, and yes. people starve to death because yes. of this. Because they're not working for their own food. Yep. they're working just to give to <clears throat> others. Yep. Where yeah, whereas in you know capitalism or what we have here in free right right commerce, you work and you get paid for yourself and you get to spend on whatever right. whatever you want for your family. Well, and then he like William Bradford then realized the um, the importance of private property. Mm -hmm. And the importance of free enterprise mm -hmm. and then after that they were growing so much that they were able to sell mm -hmm. corn exactly <laughs> to, yep. to other people and it's like yeah oh, yes worker is worthy of his wages <clears throat> yeah right i mean it's yeah. all it still goes back to biblical it goes back to the scripture you know? yeah always if man doesn't always. work he shouldn't eat yeah you know exactly so exactly i don't know if you would really call music lessons work but okay <laughs> <clears throat> I would agree, actually. <laughs> if we go to Understanding the Times, page 19, we see this, and this is very cool. It's the duty to read and understand the Constitution. It says on page 19, this is John Jay, U.S. Supreme Court. He says, every member of the state ought diligently to read and to study the constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. There it is. By knowing their <laughs> rights. <laughs> That's my writing. You can't I can't read. Your read. Own by knowing their rights sooner, uh, or by knowing their rights, they will sooner perceive when they are violated. Oh, yeah. And be the better prepared to defend oh, and assert them. That's so good. How important is yeah. that? Yeah. You, you can't know when your rights are being infringed upon if you don't know what your rights are. Exactly. Exactly. And it goes back to in, uh, I forget what, what week it was, but it's actually, oh, let's have it written down here. Ah, that's week eight, being salt and light. Mm -hmm. uh, federal law, how many people know this? Federal law states that September 17th is like Constitution Day. Mm -hmm. And... Public schools are supposed to, by federal law, mm -hmm. read the Constitution. Really? On that day. Oh, that would be amazing if they did 90% of the schools don't. Mm, I'm kind of surprised 10% do. Yeah. That's amazing. I did celebrate Constitution <clears throat> Day on September 17th. Did you know? By reading part of the Constitution. That's really great. Yeah, then right after that, I read the Silmarillion and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> As is custom for me. I do not need any medication to fall any asleep. Any help? No. Just give me, give me some Silmarillion. Tolkien. Oh, let's go. <clears throat> do you know what Finrod's downfall was? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Finrod is. Middle Earth. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> All right. Ugh, so, and stuff. then uh, page 20, there's actually another quote, which I think is important. And this is Benjamin Rush. It says, patriotism, we talked about this a little mm -hmm. bit. Patriotism is as much a virtue as justice. And it is hmm. as necessary for the support of societies as natural affection is for the support of families. Mm. The amour patrie, right. love, your country. love of country, is both a moral and a religious duty. It comprehends not only the love of our neighbors, but of millions of our exactly. fellow creatures, not only of the present, but of future generations. Mm -hmm. Benjamin Rush. That is so good. Yeah. I mean, understanding so even just the language of what they're <clears throat> saying and how they wrote and how they talked and stuff, it's unbelievable the 
truth that they're speaking mm-hmm. like it's like everything that they're saying that's why this course i think has been so great for me because it's not just like they're just like christians kind of a thing right it's like they are really well informed well thought out educated most of them are like pastors most of them are ministers yep. on the side you know so yeah uh, it's just unbelievable stuff yeah it's very good very good stuff um cool there were some other good things um that we could get into with seeds of liberty but we see these four principles in this that's the declaration declaration of independence includes four essential principles that hold our freedom firmly in place first of all that it's self-evident truths the undeniable fact that moral absolutes exist we have to have that Mm -hmm. for our freedom to exist number two we're endowed by our creator Mm -hmm. that our rights are not given to us by people right government are unalienable rights to individual freedom come from god Mm -hmm. number three that it's the consent of the governed that we have a voice in our government Mm -hmm. and number four it's the pursuit of happiness the importance of free enterprise Mm -hmm. to our freedom and uh so those things are the four four essential parts yeah right to uh to actually having a free um <clears throat> a free country mm-hmm. you know so and and it's and it's proven you know we have mm-hmm. a truly free country if we can we can really keep those principles mm-hmm. you know solid fixed yes. pretty small government yeah. power in the hands of the people yeah you know well and small in a sense that i think this was was this number one um that limited government right you know and a lot of people think that limited and small mean the same thing they really don't which is not about me like 15 seconds ago yeah it's not (laughs) about the size but it's about the the authority the the power yeah yeah the jurisdiction of the government Mm -hmm. needs to be small right um what belongs to government it's it's what belongs to government it's not how big or small it is yep you know, and, and exactly. as an example, yeah. <clears throat> we have the example of marriage. It's God who divine, who defines what marriage is. Mm-hmm. It's not the government. Right. The government oversteps its bounds. Mm-hmm. It goes out of its jurisdiction when it starts to, to take on moral things like mm-hmm. that. Things that God says are, are real and true and how they're supposed to be, the government needs to submit to those things here's a great quote from jumping ahead a bit to week seven our nation has only fallen by one step our government has forgotten that there is a power higher than itself Mm -hmm. that's all it takes that's a big problem Mm -hmm. big problem the government would understand that there's a power higher than it it would then realize that it is under authority itself so it that does not have the right to give inalienable rights or rights to people that's not even in their jurisdiction whatsoever sure. to say all right. they all that they're supposed to do is to protect the rights right of that right. those roots are or those rights are self-evident mm-hmm. it's like that's we don't so need you important. to tell us so important what our rights are yep. <clears throat> yeah this, it's they're endowed by our creator with the right not by a government yep. or a person yeah so so much better uh on page 32 of week four also we do have um another good list of things the six immutable unchangeable principles in the declaration of independence there is divine creator Mm -hmm. inalienable rights Mm -hmm. government exists to like you said protect the inalienable rights Mm -hmm. uh there's a fixed moral law 
Objective truth. Yep. Objective um, morality, yeah. The consent of the governed or the will of the majority. Now, that gets into some of the other aspects of, like, a structure of government mm-hmm. being, like, our our structure of government is a, constitution, is a, uh, is a constitutional republic, mm-hmm. not a pure democracy. Mm-hmm. And we hear that. Now, we brought this up, mm-hmm. I think, in the first episode or two that we did on this. And we have to understand the difference with mm-hmm. that. We hear people on both sides of the aisle really say, you know, uh, yeah. democracy, democracy, democracy. It's yeah. like, whoa, you need to understand that that is not what our nation is. Right. It's not a democracy because there are pitfalls with democracies. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. But number six, number six is the people's right to change their government. Mm-hmm. Did I get to number five? Did I skip any? No. Um, <clears throat> the people's right to change their government. And we do have a right to change our government. It's just we have to go through the process exactly. to make it happen. Yeah. And that's listed throughout the Constitution on how to do that. Yeah. You know, so. It's crazy. All of these things are <clears throat> directly right in the Constitution mm-hmm. and in the Declaration, which is our... Um, we are a constitutional republic, which means that they are the law of the land. The Constitution is the law, really, not people, not the people in the government. So that's why the people have the right to even change their government because the Constitution gives them that power. Yeah. And because the Constitution is over, that's why the government can't really change the Constitution because they have a lower authority than the Constitution right. itself, which is why I was saying about the foresight of the oh, it's amazing because it's like no matter what <clears throat> evil tyrannical government would try to change the constitution they can't do it because the people would are are in control well the the un- unfortunate part it, it goes back to what you said when uh that first quote that you read from george washington you know that the reality is the the constitution has its power if the people will allow it to to remain the law of the land mm-hmm. and people don't they don't know who what it says right they don't have um they they lack personal morals mm-hmm. they they don't have any there's no there's yeah. nothing there yeah. that would cause the them to yeah. to even care you know, yeah. they like their freedoms. They like their sure. that what they have, <clears throat> but they're but they're apathetic and don't really have any um, any ability to stand against the tyranny. So that's why the church is so important because we should be knowing this. It's like John Adams said. Look at that All timing. Right. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Yep. Crazy. And so if we don't have a moral and religious people, which we are, you know, starting to see that. Um, <clears throat> What's the rest of it say? It is wholly inadequate. Mm. Oh, morality and virtue are the foundation of our republic and necessary for a society to be free. Amen. Morality and virtue. Yep. So that's why to be well informed in the truth, you'll have morality and, fu- and virtue, meaning you'll have freedom. Yep. And this... and. And we can we can make an argument uh, as Christians for those who claim that you know we're um, you know we just want to and and we kind of want to just push our 
our um, beliefs. Y- our beliefs on them. You know, Amen. when we were really just saying, you know, we we could make the argument that well, listen, our society can only work well right. and provide freedoms yeah. for everyone <clears throat> if we're moral. Yep. Should the Ten Commandments be allowed in school, but not other religious mm-hmm. texts like the Quran, let's say, or something <clears throat> like that? Because um, America was not founded to be a solely Christian nation. I actually have a quote from one of the founding fathers that said they purposefully did not want to bring a denomination right. into the official denomination of America is dot, sure. dot, dot, whatever it was going to be, because it would violate the conscience of each individual to be able to worship and express their beliefs how they want to which is a big tenant of freedom, which they did not have in Britain. Sure. So they don't want to be yeah, like the state that. state church. And then, Even though they had yeah. a good religion in Britain, but they, the, the tyranny they did not want to bring over to America. But the Ten Commandments are basic mor- morality, regardless of your religious right. beliefs or anything like that. And so morality is something that you need as a necessity for any thriving society. And so the Ten Commandments then, I think, is different from putting, I don't know, words of Jesus, let's say, um, on, or um, something from like a confession of faith, you know, or something like that, in schools, right? That I could see as being like, we don't need that in every single school because it's kind of leading towards a state um, church, or sure. a, you know. But Ten Commandments should be, I think, should be everywhere because they are basic moral principles that everybody needs to follow regardless of your other beliefs because they infringe on the rights of other people if you don't follow them right. like murder obviously or committing adultery thief uh, you know stealing lying bearing false witness coveting all of these things hurt your fellow man and so it's going to degrade society so for a thriving society it's not saying you know you have to be a christian but it is saying you do have to be a moral yeah, human be a being moral person sure yeah. this yep. is why we have laws obviously <clears throat> yeah. you know so yeah, I think there's more to say about that. Um, we've talked about it in the past, too, and the necessity of the Judeo-Christian morals. Yeah. You know, so uh, we, we're we going through now. We're in, in uh, episode or week six. It's called Of Kings and Courts. And it's talking about the presidency of the United States. Mm-hmm. So it goes through and then it talks about the judiciary and the the breakdown of the, the, the differences mm-hmm. there because – these two aspects are, are in this portion, I think, to really kind of highlight the necessity of having good people in the presidency and what the president's job really is. And then the, the myths that are related to the judiciary, because there are some myths related to that. Yeah. Um, and so we can touch on those things pretty quickly. Uh, Matthias Burnett, he was a reverend, Connecticut. Um, uh, he helped to establish a Connecticut government. <coughs> or he, he delivered this uh, an election day sermon to the new Connecticut government. And it said, to God and posterity, you know, those who come after sure. us, you are accountable for your rights and your rulers. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights Mm -hmm. and prostrating those institutions which our fathers delivered to you as a sacred palladium, which is we looked Mm -hmm. up at the it's it's like valuable um, currency, like gold. Yeah, it's kind of like gold or platinum and which by the blessing of God have been peculiar, peculiarly easy for you to say. 
not really, beneficial to the order, peace and prosperity of this state. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to keep in mind who's coming after yep. us. Don't let them and be able to be like, th wait, you're why yeah. we have to live We lost like this all now? our freedoms. Exactly. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, so, so understanding that that's, that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and really the understanding the most significant part of the president's responsibilities is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. Yeah. We That's talked what about his job is the presidency and how <clears throat> the executive order thing, like yeah. how that's not in the yes. constitution at we all. Talk, like we that, talked about that term that, yeah. is not. And um, it, the only thing that's talking about is like that the president is the executive branch. Yeah. So he executes, to executes yeah. but it's not supposed to be executing like random new stuff that's coming up. It's supposed to be executing already established laws. Right. Exactly. You know, that's it. That's the importance of it. It's like he can execute these things. Um, I think it was George Washington who made the he, he uh, had the first executive order. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been there since the beginning. But. It has to be an execution of, of an already established law, like you said. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of this kind of like presidential kind of overstep where they're just they make an executive order and they know that that they can implement that. And then it'll take time for that to be rescinded. Right. And by that time, like they they've already kind the of finagled their moved, way in. Yeah. So. And that's really a bad thing yeah. for that. It's to yeah, happen. like the one workaround <laughs> of the Constitution that the presidency has been able to like mm -hmm. gain some negative ground in. Yeah, but it's really just because again, people don't know their Constitution yeah. really, because that really is not um, allowed. It's not constitutional for them to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And then we have another quote um, on page fifty-one. It's talking about uh, constitutional. Republican, not pure democracy. Mm -hmm. John Witherspoon says, pure democracy cannot subsist long nor be carried far into the departments of state. It is very subject to caprice and the madness of popular rage. Mm -hmm. Caprice being just whim, yeah. capriciousness. Random, yeah. And, uh, and the madness of popular rage. Think about that. You know, the, it's, it's reactionary that this pure democracy is really um, democracy is it runs on passion where the republic runs on reason you know it's two different ways of looking at it which is it's really great is democracy majority rule <clears throat> it's absolute majority rule okay. yeah it's where if you have more people who say this then they win and then we have the uh, judiciary responsibilities on page 55 we go through some of the myths that uh that there are there are two myths uh, it says that <clears throat> myth number one, the three branches are co-equal. Mm -hmm. um, but the that is actually branch of yeah, government. But that is actually not the case. In Federalist Paper seventy-eight, so you have Madison, John Jay, and and Alexander Hamilton um, that wrote mm -hmm. the Federalist Papers. And what it was, the Federalist Papers, from what I understand, I haven't read them. That it's a, a they're hard to read, but what they are. They're an instruction manual for the Constitution. It's giving you context on how yeah, to interpret the Constitution exactly. and what they meant by that. <clears throat> and in Federalist Paper uh, number 78, Hamilton said, 
the judiciary was the weakest branch mm -hmm. and would not be a threat to our liberty if it remained in its proper jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. so there's a quote here. It says, uh, <clears throat> I'm assuming this is from Hamilton <clears throat> in Federal, Federalist Paper 78. It says, the judiciary is beyond comparison the weakest of th three departments of power. The general liberty of the people can never be endangered from that quarter. I mean, so long as the judiciary remains truly distinct from both the legislator legislature and the executive and it proves in the last place that as liberty can have nothing to fear from the judiciary alone but would have everything to fear from its union with either of the other departments mm -hmm. the judiciary has no influence over either the sword or the purse the sword being the um the executive mm -hmm. and the purse being the legislature mm -hmm. No direction either of the strength or of the wealth of the society and can take no active res resolution whatever. It may truly be said to have neither force nor will but merely judgment and must ultimately depend upon the aid of the executive arm even for the efficacy of its judgments. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that it should not be working alone, really. Uh, well, it can only judge. And the, the fear yeah. is when it's in union with right. the other departments, that's when the um the power could mm -hmm. become a problem okay yeah um <clears throat> so the judiciary was established by and is accountable to the other two branches mm -hmm. of government because they owe a responsibility to the people mm -hmm. so it's an interesting thing because we always think that well it's you know it'll go to the supreme court yeah, yeah. and it's like well really the supreme court really doesn't it shouldn't have the power that it has yeah. there's uh, a reason that it's third in the list and also in the Constitution, the judiciary does not have much even well, written about it. In yeah, the right, right. You know? um, I want to say that that was number five. Yeah. So Article 3 is about the judicial power there of the United go. States and the court. And it literally has <coughs> three short sections on two pages. Yeah. And then it goes right to the fourth article. Right. You so know? Article Articles 1, Congress. Article 2, Presidency. Article 3, Courts. Um, so The Congress, the legislative branch has how many pages you know in the constitution like seven eight yeah and then article two of the executive power has about three and then the um the supreme court has <clears throat> one one much. Yeah, yeah exactly so, that and so you can tell the, the less power you could tell the power by how many you know, how many things are written about it. yeah well yeah because it's giving it that it's giving it that much jurisdiction parameters yeah. yeah and and yeah exactly jurisdiction yep that's great and then we have myth number two federal judges hold lifetime appointments and we always think that yeah yeah but that really isn't the case a, a federal judge can be impeached <clears throat> and there are uh five reasons it could be issuing an order contra contradicting an act of congress Drunkenness in private life, mm. rudeness in the courtroom, mm. profanity, mm. judicial high-handedness, you know. Throwing his weight around too much. Yeah. So those are things that could really have a judge impeached. So they really, um, they're not appointed for life. They are appointed for good for behavior. conduct, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's an interesting thing, mm -hmm. another myth. Mm -hmm. So that is number six. Good deal. And then yeah. you got number seven. Sure, I'll take some, yeah, uh, some quick for. hits on number seven. So we talked, uh, <clears> this is about all about religious liberty and about um, the freedom of conscience. 
So I wrote down the most important thing in this series for, that I took away from it is that the freedom of conscience is huge. Something that I did not know what it meant in the Declaration of Independence, but now I do due to this series, is when it says the laws of nature and of nature's God. Mm. And those are kind of two ways that you can tell if something should be allowed in America or not, is if it follows either the law of nature, which actually literally means like the natural world around us. If it's something that you see in nature, then obviously there's exceptions, but for the most part, um, that's a good way to tell should we be doing this or not. Mm. So for instance, you never see slavery in nature at all. Uh, you don't see changing your gender <laughs> and stuff like that. It's not natural. You don't see abortion. You do see, um, you know, like alligators eating their eggs and, and stuff like that. But that's after they're hatched. Then they would eat them for survival or whatever. So that would be a case where it would be like, yeah, we probably don't want to do that so either. So it's okay we can, we can eat that's, children? I'm not saying one way or the other. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can see I how... I don't want to speak on that. You can see how abortion would be completely against any sort of a sure. law of nature like god would never um you don't see that anywhere mm -hmm. so so that's what the laws of nature means and then the laws of nature is god which is obviously a higher law would be if in the ten commandments if it says do not murder where it's like right. well lions murder zebras or whatever so but <clears throat> for the nature's god is over nature that's why it's called nature's God. So if God gives us a law like do not murder, and obviously for the great reason that we are made in God's image, then we are of higher value than the animals. That's why we protect human life. Um, but those two things are um, really important for the founders and also for our morality, I think, too. It's like this is, you would never see this in nature. And then God has given us clear directives on the morality. So that's what that means. Um, also, anyone can worship freely of any religion. That's what freedom of speech and religion means. So freedom of speech and religion accepts the uh, saying other than your personal belief. And so you do have to allow for other people to express their own um, beliefs, even though you, have, you are encouraged to have the discussion about that. But what... Um but there, there would have to be some parameters mm -hmm. there, right? So if I were a, um, I don't know, a Molech kind of worshiper. Yes. You know, so yes. how, how would that come into play? Yeah. Because part of the worship would be sacrificing children, children yeah. or whatever. I have that right here. <clears throat> so Jefferson said in somewhere, I didn't write, write down where, but it says until it hurts someone else. So if it's violating their right, say a baby's right, to live and the pursuit of happiness and all of that, then that's where you would draw the line for that. So um, Congress can't stop people from worshiping. That's, I don't know, maybe one of the most important things that they were trying to establish was the government and Congress cannot stop people from worshiping. But like it says, like peacefully assembling, like that kind of thing. And yeah, and I understand that obviously, like you talk about the Constitution and Declaration and how biblical and how Christian these guys were. But they also are coming from a place where they were being ruled by somebody telling them how they need to worship. 
And so I think that was so important that they did not want to be doing the same thing, even though they believed more than anything that, of course, this is God's world and that everybody should be following um, Christ. And they were not just, you know, deists or like mind mindless believers in a deity kind of thing, maybe a couple few and far between. But for the majority of them is like the Christian God, like that's what they believed in. But they so did not want to make it like you have to worship this right. God that they would allow for um, certain things in the law that obviously with the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. But they would not force a state religion. They did not want to do that. That's what the separation of church and state was meaning, that the state cannot tell anybody to worship or not. So what I brought up was people kneeling for the national anthem. Mm -hmm. Should that be like allowed or should that be um, something that should be like against the law? But I think what the people, what the founders would say is that it's really <clears throat> dumb because if you like, why would you be kneeling for the country that's been the most free and, you know, but it is allowed because that is their right. That is their conscience yeah, to I do. I think they would have put them on ships and said, if you don't like the country, we'll bring you somewhere else. Right, right. <laughs> That's what I think. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> um, which is um, similar to something that I wrote. So, no other nation is free enough to worry about if they're a boy or a girl. And I think that's why have a problem with gender ideology now and stuff like that because it's like we're so free that it's like you can't tell me what to, it's like we it's just sure. like the extreme of freedom to be like i guess i have to do something well let's worry about if we're a boy or a girl you know instead of where other countries are working to survive working to you know where we're just like in, in a place where no nobody has to worry about that but we're still going to find something to worry about so Let's, you know, talk about stupid things mm. that are totally against nature, you know. Um, so it's, it's that kind of thing, like with kneeling for the national anthem, too. It's like, really, out of all the things that you, yeah. you can do, like, that's the thing that you choose. Um, but I think it kind of is a backhanded compliment to how good our nation is, that those are the things that people are trying to, you know, come against. How many times do the Annals of Congress or the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence mention the phrase, Separation of church and state? None. It's not in there. Just like executive orders is not in there. Mm -hmm. Just like Antichrist is not in Revelation. So, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> check this out. Two days after writing the phrase separation of church and state, mm. Thomas Jefferson attended the weekly church service held at the U.S. Capitol. Sure. These were religious services that he had helped start and faithfully attended throughout the remainder of his presidency. So you think that he did not see a, a com vital connection between politics, the state, and Christianity? He definitely did. Absolutely. So what he meant by separation of church and state is not just what that phrase would imply. It had a very specific context to it that is not often talked about. And then we have yep. like pages of the of that truth like what words are usually left out of patrick henry's famous speech <clears throat> forbid it almighty god mm -hmm. william johnson quoted from the book of acts to challenge public school graduates to fulfill their duties to serve their creator and their country so like the bible was everywhere even in 
schools and even in the, the political sphere. Um, Governor Morris, signer of the Constitution, said, Religion is the only basis of good morals. Therefore, education should teach the precepts, the precepts of religion and the duties of man towards God. Mm. So that's like what we were talking about, how the... Uh, even in schools, education should teach religion and of duties of man towards God because it's the only time you can have good morals. It's the only basis for good sure. morals. An atheistic society would be a terrible doggy oh, dog world um, with no morals. And lastly, James Wilson, who was a signer of the Declaration <clears throat> and the Constitution and served on the original Supreme Court, said, Human law must rest its authority ultimately upon the authority of that law which is divine. Far from being rivals or enemies, religion and law are twin sisters, friends, and mutual assistance. Assistance, indeed, these two sciences run into each other. So, far from there being a separation of church and state, it's a complete connection right. between the church and the state. And I think we've totally lost that in yeah. our society, sure. which is obviously not what the founders intended yeah. by the, that phrase. So. Yep. Yeah. And the better we, if if the majority of the country understood what the Constitution said and understood the, the, the reality and the intent of what the, the founders were actually meaning by all of it, then I think that we would, we would be in a much, much sa uh, safer place mm -hmm. than we are today because <clears throat> we, can, we can easily lose what we have. So mm -hmm. we have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. For yep. sure. So that's what I had on. Awesome. That's week good seven. stuff, man. Good stuff. What about number eight? Last week. The last week. Almost there. We got it. Being salt and light. Mm -hmm. um, that's a... <coughs> gets back to what's our duty, right? You know, um, there are there is a quote that I would want to take out of that page... 71 we're going to look at three ingredients in the mixing bowl of the american system knowledge of the people is number one uh, before we can choose wisely at the polls we must know the principles by which mm -hmm. to measure the candidates principles principles the number two the pool of candidates find good people with leadership skills and ask them to run Number three, the actions of the citizens impact the political process by knocking on doors, making phone calls, contributing, etc. A politician is only thinking about the next election. A patriot is concerned about the next mm, generation. That's, that's such a good statement, yeah, isn't it? That's huge. <clears throat> but that is, uh, that is really good. I'll read a quote from Noah Webster regarding this. Let it be impressed on your mind that God commands you to choose for rulers just men who will rule in the fear of God. Just men? Just men. <laughs> if the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, mm. the government will soon be corrupted. If our government fails to secure public prosperity and happiness, it must be because the citizens neglect the divine commands and elect bad men to make and administer the laws. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so killer. Mm. And Proverbs 29, 2, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. So we have a duty. Mm -hmm. We have a duty to vote. We can 
we have to understand incrementalism yeah. being the taking the little steps yeah. necessary to start building into um, our political world and this, our civic duty to build into our um, bring in candidates that are just men that are concerned about mm -hmm. the things of God you know so we need rulers like that we can't neglect that duty mm -hmm. so along with that duty as I had mentioned we need to understand why we need to run you know if you feel led to run mm -hmm. for an office I'd encourage you to do it yeah. you know and you're gonna need a team you know I think he brought that up in this this one you know it's not it's not that easy you know to do by yourself so get yourself a team of people around mm -hmm. you and make it work and just do it do school board you know find out about your local elections there's an election coming up on Tuesday find out how to get involved in that kind of mm -hmm. thing and uh, definitely vote regardless um, you can support also um, legal organizations like Liberty Council, First Liberty Institute, the Alliance Defending Freedom, ACLJ, Pacific Justice Institute, etc. So there's a lot of things that we can do yeah. and that we really should be doing. So yeah, um, that's what I yeah. got. For me, okay. it's, um, I don't have any plans right now in terms of running, but what this course taught me was the individual knowledge of what our country is founded on and what the constant like how it actually is run um, will help me to be able to even if just subliminally be able to help others to see that too you know uh, even my family or anybody that I come in contact with so to me it's almost like if I hear like a good sermon the more I can understand scripture or reading it for myself mm -hmm. the more I can understand that the more I'm going to be equipped to be able to teach truth which is that's what we're talking about right we're talking about truth right like almost everything in the Constitution is founded on the truth of God's Word so the more that we can understand what the Constitution is saying um, lining it up with Scripture the more that we'll be able to tell other people and help them understand what, where the founders were at too. We're shedding light, we're shedding truth into the world. Right. And that's gonna have an effect, even if you don't run for office, it's still gonna have a huge effect on your world, which then who knows what influence that will bring to everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, it's not just for what can I do with this in terms of one-to-one um, -one correlation into the political realm. I think it's more than that. I think it's just enhancing your knowledge in any way that you can and then <clears throat> that will affect other people just in the way that you are interacting with people mm -hmm. well a couple things to maybe finish up yeah. are you good yeah um reverend matthias burnett <clears throat> says finally ye who's ye, ye who's finally ye finally ye <laughs> uh he's talking to ye i guess <laughs> finally mm -hmm. yeah Whose power it is to save or destroy your country, consider well the important trust which God has put into your hands. Mm -hmm. To God and posterity, you are accountable for them. Let not your children have whoa, reason. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we said this already. We did, but not the whole thing. Okay. That stuff in the beginning, Finally I didn't ye. say. That wasn't in there. Mm -hmm. You're right, one. you're right. 
Um, but I will say it again because it's good. Mm-hmm. Let not your children have reason to curse you for giving up those rights and prostrating those institutions which your fathers delivered to giving you. Up. Yeah, yeah. Prost. It's not not the other word. Right. Um, duty is ours. Re- results are God's. That's a good one. Um, so, and you can. Um, if you sign up at biblicalcitizens.com, you can become a biblical citizenship coach and replicate this class over and over again. Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, we're doing it. We did it. You know, mm-hmm. so, but. Next week, we're going to be going over week <clears throat> one of biblical citizenship in America. <laughs> no, we would, yeah. We'd encourage people to get involved. So, definitely get involved. Vote this Tuesday. Find out who you're voting for. Put the right people in where they belong. Right. And, uh, and see where you can be helpful and be, let's, let's get the church's vote up, you yeah. know, from the dismal Three place point. that it's at. It's <laughs> Three at to that, five that's percent. not the church. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the people. Right. Uh, the whole, the whole uh, country, I believe. Right. But, it's still pretty low if it's three to six percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. For the church, so I'd encourage you guys to do that. Yeah. So, anyway, I'll pass it off to right. you to close this thing. Sure. Out, yeah, brother. So we made it uh, <laughs> through a lot of weeks, but we hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode and that it helps you understand about our nation and where we came from and the importance of having that biblical worldview and um, understanding how you can influence and kind of be a part of that biblical worldview to your posterity am i right amen look forward to that next generation to mm-hmm. look into the future be that prophetic voice in our culture so that we're not just focusing on right now but we're focusing on what's going to happen in the future and um be able to see this country get back to the foundations that it was mm-hmm. so thank you guys for watching please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and all that good stuff and we have to remember This is more true than even America. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. Amen. America.